Russell Total Wealth and Wellness offers securities through Arcadios Capital LLC and investment advisory services through Arcadios Wealth. Neither Russell Capital Management nor Russell Total Wealth and Wellness are affiliated through any ownership with Arcadios. Welcome to Russell Total Wealth Radio. I'm Andy Dollar, joined by my co-host, Curve Miller, and we're from Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. When you retire, do you know how much you pay in taxes on your income? Income like your Social Security or pensions, dividends from investments, or distributions from your 401ks or IRAs? Here's a spoiler alert. They're all taxed differently, and if you don't know the difference, you could end up paying more tax than you owe. Who wants to pay more tax than what's necessary? Join us for the entire show today as we share how eight sources of retirement income are taxed. Keep it tuned right here to Russell Total Wealth Radio. Yeah, did you know, Andy, that there's actually two sets of tax laws? I did. There's a, there's a set of tax laws for the informed, and there's a set mm-hmm. of tax laws for the uninformed. And guess who pays more tax? The uninformed do. And see, I've yet to meet a person who like raises their hand and says, you know what, I want to pay more in taxes. You know, so everyone wants to keep their tax bill as low as possible each year. And if you don't understand how your sources of income in retirement are taxed differently, then you could easily wind up paying more in taxes. You could be taking advantage of the tax laws for the uninformed. So why give more than your fair share? It's not like they're going to spend your tax money wisely anyways, right? So too often we see someone wanting, um, someone withdrawing money out of a higher tax account versus a lower tax, taxable account. We see retirees withdrawing money in the wrong order, causing them to pay extra taxes sometimes. We see folks claiming their benefits way too early or entirely too late sometimes and not being tax smart. And guess what? Do you think they end up paying more taxes in the long run? You betcha. Don't be like them. Learn and understand what we're talking about today is how eight different sources of retirement income are taxed. You don't want to miss it. Uh, You're only going to find it from our retirement planning team here at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. And as always, like other radio show listeners have done, if you do have specific questions or want specific advice tailored to you, you can reach out to us at talktorussell.com. That's T-A-L-K-T-O-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. There we have a number of guides that you can download for free. Um, so you can explore the different guides. There's an opportunity if you want to sit down with a member of our fiduciary-based wealth management team, you can do that. You can see our calendars real-time there. In addition, you can see our wellness benefits. So we, we've talked about this before, and I know, Andy, you're getting ready to share a health tip. You know, But before you do that, you, know, you can't enjoy your wealth if you don't have your health and to, to, to be here to enjoy it. So that's a big part of why we have wellness benefits here at, at, at our, our headquarters in Oakwood. Um, certainly you want to stop by and, and know more about that as well. Yeah, so this week's health tip curve is really an answer to um, kind of the, the tiredness that so many of us get in terms of trying to eat healthy, um, you know, work with a positive diet that improves our overall health. Sometimes that's for weight loss. Sometimes that's, you know, to minimize stress or lower blood pressure. Um, But, you know, people choose certain types of diets for different reasons. And so what I know is, you know, there's so much – we're, we're inundated on a regular basis with the latest hot diet. Um, and so the 
I'm going to share one today, but it's not the latest hot diet. It's actually called the DASH diet, which stands for the dietary approach to stop hypertension. And this, you know, when I was reading the, the DASH diet and the description of it, I thought it made sense for our health tip today because it talks a lot about moderation and using moderation to help lower your blood pressure. So a typical day of eating the DASH diet includes six to eight servings of grains less than six servings of meat. So they're not saying no grains or all meat or all meat, no grains, moderation there. It would also include four to five servings of vegetables, four to five servings of fruit, two to three servings of a low fat or a fat free dairy, two to three servings of healthy fats and oils, and no more than 2300 milligrams of sodium per day. Also, as along with every healthy diet, alcohol should be consumed in limited um, to moderate uh, intake. I mean, simply eat smart on a regular basis, but here's the key curve. We have to do it consistently. We can't, you know, crash diet on one train one week, and when that's not working, switch to another one the next week. That's actually really hard on our bodies. So making sure that we're feeding our bodies really healthy quality um, meats, grains, veggies, fruits, dairy, fats, and oil um, on a consistent basis is actually what helps lower hypertension, high blood pressure um, over the over time. And we, when we first heard about this uh, DASH diet, um, you know, from the book, A DASH for Weight Loss, and it was written by Jennifer Coslow. And, you know, one of the things she says is that there's no crazy rules. You know, no <laughs> food groups are actually eliminated. And so whenever you said, you said it best, Andy, is when you think about these fad diets, a lot of times you have to restrict yourself or give up certain things. <clears throat> now, the other important part is that, you know, considering 2,000 people die per day, of, of, of heart disease. Mm -hmm. This is a biggie. And so, you know, when you are looking at a diet, this one ranked only second to the Mediterranean diet, as far as, um, you know, success, as far as working towards reducing heart disease. I mean, that's, that's really what this is about is that this dietary approach, uh, to stopping hypertension. And so I think that, uh, it is well balanced, and, and I think that's a great tip. So yeah. if you're just joining us on today's show, Andy and I are sharing how eight different sources of retirement income are taxed. <clears throat> so let's start with the most common source of retirement income, and that, my friends, is Social Security. And then I want to compare that to receiving a pension. Okay, so how is Social Security benefits, how are they taxed? Well, some Social Security recipients aren't subject to federal income tax on their benefits, but others, depending on your provisional income, that means other income sources, they aren't so lucky and they have to pay federal income tax of on up to 85% of your benefits. So this is important. If you are married filing joint, okay, so you're a married couple filing a joint return and your income is over $44,000, then you're going to pay up to 85% taxes on your Social Security. So put it another way, every dollar you get, you're taxed on 85 cents of it. Okay. Now compare that to a pension. Okay. A pension is 100% taxable, meaning that if you have money in CSRS or, F or FERS at, um, at Wright-Pat Air Force Base, if you are retired um, from the state and you're getting a pension, you know, whether you're a state teacher, state employee, public employee, um, um, if you're a police officer or firefighter, you're under OPNF. 
So there's a number of ways that you can get pensions still. You know, private private sector not so much, but if you're a you know public employee, there are still pensions being used. But a hundred percent is taxable there. So that means every dollar you take from a pension, every bit of that dollar, hundred percent of that dollar is taxable. And only 85 cents of every dollar is taxable when it relates to Social Security if your income married filing joint is above $44,000. So just right there, right as we start this conversation, two very common sources of income here, specifically in Southwest Ohio, Dayton, Ohio area, because of RightPat, one of them is fully taxable, one's only 85% taxable if you qualify. Yeah. And, you know, Curve Retirement is full of complicated choices, like how to invest your money so it's protected, but it still grows. How to choose the best pension option, like you just said, how to keep your taxes low, how and when to pull Social Security, how to leave everything to your loved ones with the least amount of taxes and hassle, and probably the most important, how to make your money last. Do you know if your current retirement plan solves all of these problems? Well, if not, you could be exposed. Find the holes in your plan by using our on-track retirement review process. This is where our team will run a retirement what-if analysis for you to find cracks and weaknesses in your plan. And what this means to you is you no longer have to wonder. You can actually quiet those nagging questions and worries and finally get some peace. The way you connect for your on-track retirement review is simply by reaching out to us at talktorussell.com. That's T-A-L-K-T-O-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. At talktorussell.com, you get real-time access to Curve's calendar, my calendar, to schedule time that works really great for you for your on-track retirement review. Great advice, Andy. And, you know, as we talk about today how eight different sources of retirement income are taxed, uh, we talked about Social Security and pensions being uh, taxed differently. Social Security taxable up to 85% of the benefit. Pensions, if it's all ordinary income, generally is going to be 100% taxable. And that is one thing I I failed to mention earlier is that if you have after-tax contributions, meaning you didn't take a deduction, that could reduce the taxability of the pension, but likely it went in before tax. Also like another source of retirement income, and that is your income that you may be taking from your traditional IRAs and 401ks or TSPs or employer plans. Savers love typically these defer, tax-deferred retirement accounts like a 401k and an IRA, generally because the contributions to the plans reduce the taxable income on the current year they contribute, okay, which basically means they take a deduction. They're, they're not paying FICA and Medicare right off the top. It's just this is money that's going directly off the top into a savings account. Now, their savings and earnings on these investments okay, continue to grow on that tax-deferred basis. So the government just kind of lets you kick the can down the road. Okay. Now, what you tend to forget is that one day you will ultimately have to pay taxes down the line when you use this income. And this is what I call the big retirement lie. You're supposed to be in a lower bracket when you retire. Well, if you are in this camp and you maybe you've recently retired and you say, well, I don't feel like I'm in a lower bracket. And that's partly because, you know, now we currently live in a world where we have $31 trillion on a credit card as a country. And so, you know, I ask people all the time where they think taxes are going, and the consensus is generally to taxes have to go up. And so that means that if you don't have a plan to address rising tax rates in your retirement, and all of your income is coming from 100% taxable sources, 
of income, that means you're just ultimately going to put less and less and less in your pocket. So you can delay taking your distributions from these IRAs up until age 73. Okay, so that's something that passed at the end of last year, part of the Secure Act 2.0. So you have until 73, until you have to start taking the income from it. Um, and then, of course, in 2033, which is 10 years from now, and that age actually increases at age 75. But ultimately, the government's going to want you to start paying tax on that. Why? Because they've never gotten the tax revenue from it in the first place. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to know, especially if you're someone who plans to just continue to delay um, pulling money out of your IRAs until you're 73. The IRS is actually going to tell you how much you have to take out of those, and it's becoming very surprising um, exactly how much you have to take out of those once you reach minimum distribution age. So on today's show, we're sharing how eight sources of retirement income are taxed. And coming up here on Russell Total Wealth Radio during our popular They Say segment, Curve and I will discuss how your high-yield savings accounts and CDs are taxed, and the answer may surprise you. And then later in the show, we'll share how dividends, stock, and mutual fund sales, taking money out of Roth accounts, leaving life insurance proceeds, and selling your home are all taxed. Remember, it pays you to stick with us here on Russell Total Wealth Radio. You've been listening to us on AM 1290 and 95.7 Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. All right, welcome back to Russell Total Wealth Radio. The financial and investing world can be so puzzling with so many different acronyms and terms that just make it too much to understand, so much so that some people tend to feel stuck, not knowing where to turn or who to trust. And the good news is, is it does not have to be that way. Andy and I are here each and every week to demystify retirement planning and help you gain the confidence you need to feel comfortable about where you're heading. Case in point on today's show, we're sharing how eight different sources of retirement income are taxed. And now it's time for one of our fan favorite parts of the show, our They Say segment, where we debunk common myths, half-truths, and sometimes bad advice that they say. So Andy, here's one for you today. They say that high yield savings accounts and CDs are paying really great rates right now. But how are those bank accounts taxed? Do you really make a good return after tax? What do you say? Well, the after tax is what counts curve. How much of our own money do we get to keep in our pocket? And bank accounts, CDs, are taxed as ordinary income tax. Um, So the ordinary income tax rates apply to all of those interest payments on CDs, savings accounts, money market accounts, um, and even corporate bonds. So the thing to keep in mind is, you know, let's say you open a $100,000 CD, the $100,000 is going in after tax. So what you're paying tax on is your interest. Okay. Now let's say you find a CD paying three or 4%. Let's go with the 4% number, but you are in a Um, let's call it 24% tax bracket. Your actual after-tax yield, and remember that's the money you keep in your pocket, is more like 3%, a little above 3%. So that's what we really want to consider about anything that's taxed as ordinary income, is if we're paying tax on it every single year, whether we're using that interest or not, how much of it are we going to get to keep in our pocket? And this is going to become a hotter topic as we continue to see interest rates 
increase because, you know, for the last 30 or 40 years, we haven't really had much to worry about in terms of CD interest and savings account interest. It, it just wasn't paying anything. Well, now that we are starting to see those income, uh, those interest rates increase where people are feeling a little better about the situation, they're going to have to start paying closer attention to how they're taxed and how much of that money they actually get to keep in their pocket. Oh, that's so smart. Um, and, and you're spot on. I mean, if you're if you're enticed to go, wow, I can finally earn 4% on a CD, that's before tax. You know, right. to your point, if you're in the 24%, you know, federal bracket and federal marginal bracket and maybe even state tax, I mean, here you are looking now at, you know, 75% of 4% is three. You're left with three. Mm-hmm. So that whole percent went away. And then you have to factor in inflation because inflation is still over seven. Right. So it's, you know, are you really keeping up? Are we just, are we making it more complex than it needs to be? And so today, Andy and I are talking about how eight different sources of retirement income are in fact taxed. Now, if retirement is a priority for you, it only happens when you have a plan to get you safely there. So if the political environment, inflation, a volatile stock market, or higher taxes has you concerned, don't just sit there. You need a plan to protect your retirement savings. You can set up a 15-minute strategy session call with our team to get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others. You can reach out to us at talktorussell.com. There you have our calendars live, and you can set um, a 15-minute strategy session call with a member of our fiduciary-based wealth management team. And that may include Andy and I directly. So uh, go to talktorussell.com. There we also have upcoming Total Wealth Live events. We have a dates coming up March 9th and March 14th. It's going to be at Cooper Sock. Um, so don't miss out on your opportunity to attend those events as well. We'll be right back. You've been listening to us on AM 1290, 95.7, Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. All right, welcome back. I'm Curve Miller, joined by Andy Dollar, and we're from Russell Total Wealth and Wellness, and you've tuned into likely the most important show when it comes to your retirement and financial independence, and that, my friends, is Russell Total Wealth Radio. The financial and investing world can be so puzzling, with so many different acronyms and terms and options to choose from, that it just makes it too much to absorb. So much so that some people tend to feel stuck, not knowing where to turn, or how to make sense of it all. And if there's one thing that we know, it's that people just want to be heard. They want a plan that they're comfortable with. And that's what we do for our clients at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. We help people just like you build a plan with the goal of providing you the freedom to enjoy the best years of your life by removing the worry of running out. And we make it easy to understand. That's the first step. But we don't want you to feel like you have to go get a degree in finance to understand what we're talking about here on Saturday mornings. We want to make sure that we're presenting very important information in a fun, easy to, easy to understand way. A case in point, this is a perfect opportunity to visit our website. Go to talktorussell.com. There we have a number of guides that you can download, literally available at your fingertips. Um, we put a lot of work into getting good information out there. Um, 
Case in point, you can get those guides at talktorussell.com. Also, while you're there, you can see upcoming Total Wealth Live events that we have scheduled for 2023. If 2023 is anything like last year, uh, we do anticipate having waitlist on these events. Um, so don't delay. Um, you can go to talktorussell.com to um, see upcoming dates and reserve your spot. Uh, we have upcoming dates coming up March 9th as well as March 14th. That's going to be at 6 o'clock at Cooper's Hawk. And that is uh, behind Costco there in Centerville over there, that, that newer Costco and uh, right off Wilmington Pike. So that's where we'll be. It's a good opportunity to come break bread and get knee to knee with Andy and I. Um, understand who we are um, beyond the microphone or, you know, we get out from behind the microphone and, and get to see what we stand for, uh, who we are, the things we believe and uh, that kind of thing. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you to, uh, uh, to see what we're about. So go to talktorussell.com to reserve your spot. Also, you can go to Amazon. Andy and I have our new best-selling book, How to Retire in a Weekend. Um, there you can uh, go to Amazon and get a copy uh, paperback or um, you can get a Kindle version. Um, so don't miss out on that opportunity as well. Yeah, Curve, we're so passionate about being able to share good information with the community. And, and that's because our specialty at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness is helping clients plan for retirement. So, you know, we've been doing this for a lot of years. And you could say that over the many years we've been doing this, we've learned a thing or two about how to help people protect their retirement savings. One of the biggest financial threats in retirement that you could face is taxes. And when you retire, do you know how much you pay in taxes on your income? Income like your social security or your pension, your dividends from investments or distributions from your 401ks and IRAs. Well, they're all taxed differently. And if you don't know the difference, you could end up paying more tax than you should. And who wants to pay more tax than what's necessary? I have yet to meet a person who actually wants to pay more in taxes than what their fair share is. Everybody wants to keep their tax low, their tax bill as low as possible each year, and it's a game we play each year. And if you don't understand how your sources of income and retirement are taxed differently, then you could easily wind up paying more. Why give more of, than your fair share to the government? It's not like they're going to spend your tax money wisely after all. Too often, we see someone withdrawing money out of a higher tax account versus the lower tax account. We see retirees withdraw money in the wrong order, causing them to pay extra taxes. We see people claiming their benefits too early or even sometimes too late, just not being tax smart. And, and guess what? Do you think they end up paying more in taxes in the long run? You betcha. Don't be like them. Understand how to make better tax decisions as Curve and I continue sharing how eight sources of retirement income are taxed. And you're only going to find it here from our retirement planning team at Russell Total Wealth Radio. Now, sometimes we get the questions from clients or radio show fans about taxes owed on um, the profits that they receive when they sold their home. And, and, you know, in 2022 and 2021 curve here in the area, we saw a lot of retirees taking the opportunity of the rise the the um, rise in real estate values to downsize, or some of them even called it right-sizing. Maybe the kids are out and move away, they were empty nesters, and they didn't need that big house anymore. So we wanted to talk about how proceeds of um, home sale are taxed. Now, before we do that, though, I'm going to give you a quick tip. One of the reasons we're talking about the different tax treatments of money today is because you should never, ever, ever make a financial decision without understanding what tax consequences are going to accompany it before you make that decision. 
So let's talk about how home sales are taxed. A home is most often our biggest and most valuable asset that we own, especially for retirees. And luckily, our current tax code gives a generous federal income tax break when you sell your primary home at a gain. So if you've owned and used this property as your personal residence for at least two out of the last five years before you sell it, you can exclude up to $250,000 of the gain um, from your income. And and that actually doubles if you're a a couple, a married couple filing jointly. So a married couple can actually exclude the first $500,000 of gain on their the sale of their primary residence. Any gains in excess of that number, the two hundred fifty dollars or the $500,000 exclusion, are taxed at a long-term capital gains rate. Now here's the kicker though. If you sell your property at a loss, losses on a primary residence sale are not deductible. So there's a lot of leeway there when we're selling our primary residence at a gain. But to your point, they won't let you write it off if you have a loss either. That's right. <laughs> you only gotcha. get to play one side of that coin. I see. Okay. And then I'm, I'm, this is primary residence only as that's well. Right. And I think that's an important part to remember is that some uh, people that I've, in, I've met over the last you know, uh, you know, 18, 19 years or so, mm-hmm. you know, um, have a second homes. They that's have right. rental properties. They have other types of property. And this does not apply to that, correct? Cor- that is absolutely correct. Those, those exclusions are only for your personal primary residence. You had to have owned it and occupied it as your primary residence for two of the last five years before you sell. If you have a rental property or an investment property, your cost basis or what you, you, your cost in the property, so improvements can apply there, purchase price can apply there, um, is subtracted from your sales price. Mm -hmm. And for simplicity's sake, the difference is what your taxable gain is there. And that'll be taxed at long-term capital gains rates. That's right. Is yeah, that's that's the way I understand it too. Okay, so I just want to make that clear because I know real estate for some of you is an investment, and mm-hmm. because I because I've 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 seen um, I've seen statements that you provided me, and so I know that part. But this is a biggie: is that they do give that 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 break on primary residence, but they don't on other types of properties. So, do you know that nagging question that just about everyone feels as they get close to retiring? It's that constant wonder in the back of your mind of, do I really have enough? You know, will this pile of money that I have last as long as I need it to, especially now that you're telling me that I'm going to have to pay tax on all of it, Curve. <laughs> so <laughs> did you know you actually don't have to wonder about this? Did you know that you can literally test this and have that question definitively answer? And that's what we do at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. We give people just like you those answers, and we help you make adjustments now so you can have a greater confidence and comfort for your retirement later. So set up a 15-minute strategy session call with a member of our fiduciary-based wealth management team to get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others. You can go to talktorussell.com. Again, that's T-A-L-K-T-O-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. There we have uh, downloadable guides for free. You have upcoming live um, events that Andy and I will be hosting. Um, two dates upcoming, March 9th and March 14th at Cooper's Hawk there behind Costco and Centerville. Um, so you don't want to miss out on your opportunity um, to to get more information, get better information, and be a part of taking advantage of the of the laws of the informed, especially the tax laws for the informed, uh, because it's what's after tax that counts. 
That's absolutely right. And Curve, the focus on our show today is how eight different sources of retirement income are taxed. Now, what if you rely on some of your investments to help fund your lifestyle in retirement? What if you're using some of your investments for income, like selling portions of your stocks or mutual funds or collecting dividends from stocks or funds? Do you know how all of those are taxed? Well, if you sell stocks or bonds or mutual funds that you've held for more than a year, so 12 months, well, actually 13 months, uh, 12 months in a day, the proceeds are taxed at long-term capital gains rates of either 0%, 15%, or 20%. Now, compare these figures to the top tax rate on the ordinary marginal brackets of 37%. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Well, the 0, 15, and 20% rates on long-term capital gains are based on the income set income thresholds that are adjusted annually for inflation. So the higher your income, the more you have to pay in capital gains taxes. And the rate for the 0%, and these just adjusted again uh, for 2023 curve, for um, a 0% rate, uh, let's see, you got to be taxable income up to uh, a little over 41000 for single returns. Um, well, actually, 44625 is what they upgraded it to. Yep. Okay, they adjusted all those brackets for inflation, right? Yes, they did. Um, so then for joint filers, what are you seeing for joint filers on 2023? Yes, for joint filers, uh, 2023, the zero rate applies if you have $89,250. Um, so up to 89250 Now, once you get above you know, that kind of income, so if you're making more than 89250 the 20% rate starts at 553000 for joint filers. Okay? And so anywhere between, okay, if you're following me here, 89000 553000 you're going to be right at the 15% bracket. Okay, so that's anywhere between over over that 89, but before the 553. That's right. And then there's also a 3.8% SERP tax or extra tax on any net mm-hmm. investment income on top of the 15 or 20% capital gains rate for single payers with a modified adjusted gross income over 200,000 and joint filers over 250. Um, so if you sell investments that you've held for a year or less, the gains are short term. Now, it's a lot less complicated in short term. You can sum it up as a couple of words, ordinary income tax. So it doesn't matter necessarily where you fall on the income scale, you're going to pay what your ordinary income tax bracket is for that year. If you sell at a loss, so in 2022, lots of people sold at losses to create income, unfortunately. A loss can offset some capital gains for the year. And then if you have more losses than what you have the offset of gains, you can actually carry over that loss at up to $3,000 per year. Excess losses can be carried forward indefinitely. Unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, losses are unfortunate, but the carryover, at least you don't lose the carryover of your loss. And it's subject to the same tax treatment until those losses are all exhausted. So until you work that down to a zero. 
Yeah, so basically, it's just a silver lining for losing money. Uh, for losing <laughs> consolation money. prize. The consolation prize. Well, I guess if you lose money in your IRA, you don't get that. So that's right. Um, that that also proves the point where maybe you, sh- you should be considering risk in retirement accounts a little bit differently as well. So we'll talk about uh, more about that when we come back from a quick break. Keep it tuned right here. You're listening to us on AM 1290, 95.7 Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. We are back. I'm Andy Dollar, and you're listening to Russell Total Wealth Radio. If the stock market, what's going on in the world, or the fear of higher taxes has you worried, don't just sit there. Protect your retirement savings. Set up a 15-minute strategy session call with a member of our fiduciary-based retirement planning team to get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others. Visit us at talktorussell.com to connect there and get real-time access to our calendars to find a time that works great for you. And during today's episode, Andy and I have been sharing eight ways, uh, eight different sources of retirement income and how they're taxed. And if you receive proceeds from a life insurance policy, do you know how it's treated tax-wise? It's actually my two favorite words in the English language, and that's tax-free. Okay, So death benefit proceeds of life insurance, the beneficiary doesn't pay tax on. It's actually written into the original tax code, 1913, that way. Now, what if you withdraw money from your Roth IRA or a Roth 401k? It's also my two favorite words in the English language, which is tax-free. But there's a caveat when it comes to Roth IRAs, and that is is that you have to have held the Roth IRA for at least five years, and you have to be over the age of 59 and a half, whatever's longer. So, for instance, if you start in a Roth IRA for the very first time at age 58, you got to wait five years because that's longer than turning 59 and a half, if that makes sense. So if you're confused, don't go it alone. You don't want to miss out there. But again, taxable uh, taxes from life insurance proceeds and Roth IRAs are tax-free. Um, if you felt like today's show was a help to you, just imagine what we can accomplish when you get advice tailored to you. If you boil it down, our mission at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness is to help you solve the problem of how to make your money last through retirement. Set up a 15-minute strategy session call with our team to get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others. You can go to talktorussell.com. And next week coming up on our show, Curve and I are going to unpack the top six provisions in the SECURE Act 2.0. Boy, this is getting a lot of of headline action, and we felt like it was um, worth the time to sit down and unpackage that for you, help you understand it. And you're only going to find it here on Russell Total Wealth Radio next week, same time, same place. You've been listening to us on AM 1290 and 95.7 Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.